Hey everyone, this is Chris Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Mark Gregston coming on. Um, he's the, you know, he does a radio program called Parenting Today's Teens. Uh, and so this should be really interesting because, you know, he's doing some great things within the teen world. And I really think that his input on our show is really important, especially mm. with the way our society is going and everything. Because let's face it, you know, technology's here to stay. It's not going nowhere. Yeah. And us parents have got to figure out how to make this work. So we're going to hear parts of the story, talk about some of his books, and also talk about how can we parent in today's society. So, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's good. To, uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it it's our plan. It's funny. I always speak in we and our because I'm used to my wife. You know, we, we, we've been a 24-7 couple pretty much our whole marriage yeah. of 18 years. So it's funny. You know, now here it is. I know she's not because sometimes I don't know if she's going to be able to make it in, in. But I know today she won't be able to make it in here. So it's like we and our. Like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and introducing myself at the beginning is like saying I, I had to consciously think Chris Benton, not Chris and Sandy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, good. Well, it's good to be on. So I get to be your wife for for a little bit of time and and, uh, and talk with you. There folks. you go. Be good. That works for us. So to, this year has been a crazy year. And I always like to yeah. start to show off the same talking about the virus and all that. And I think it's really important for about teens and all that, how do you, how, you know, I usually ask people how has COVID affected them, but I think I want to take it a different twist because yeah. of what you do. How do you think COVID has affected the family unit this year? Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I think, I, I think most parents pray for the opportunity to spend more time with their kids and, uh, and they got it. They just didn't think it was going to be in the form of a pandemic and, and, uh, and this COVID thing. So, so I think what's happening is, is that parents get more time to spend with their kids and, and, and so they see more and the more time you spend together, then the more things you go, okay, I'm not so sure I like this about my child. <laughs> But because everything gets exacerbated and magnified just a little bit. I mean, a child's going to spend more time on their phone. They're going to spend more time watching movies. They're going to spend more time laying around. I mean, their lives have been disrupted. School's mm -hmm. been thrown out. And it looks like that schools are going to be shut down again, you know, mm -hmm. for a little bit of time. There's a lot of losses that kids are dealing with. And I think what, what's happened is it's just kind of accelerated Mm -hmm. what is coming anyway with a lot of yeah. these families. And so, I mean, I live with 60 high school kids. They come from all over the country and they're struggling, having a tough time. And I think what this COVID thing has done is accelerated some of the problems because oh, wow. it's it's disconnected. This social distancing that that parents are experiencing, our kids have been experiencing for some time. So this pandemic kind of moves it where it's social distancing on steroids. And so they don't have their friends around them. And, and, and so here's every parent in the world complaining that they're on this. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, kids are just trying to connect with one another yeah. because they've been created that way. They're relational, they're relational beings are like a herd. And so I think what's happened is you've got these two forces kind of coming together, the needs of the child and parents are getting somewhat frustrated and how it's affected us. 
-hmm. get about 100 calls a day of families who want to place their kids with us. They're listening to more stuff. People are buying books like her. They're going, how do we do this with our kids? They're driving us nuts, you know, and I think (laughs) that's where that's where most parents are going. Okay, I've I've got to relearn some communication thing because I'm running out of time here. Usually we've had so much time that it is just, you know, that, that we have a little bits of time over around activities. Well, you can't solve activities. Now we've got so much time that parents are just going, I don't know what to do. And, mm-hmm. and so th- what they've complained about kids being on phones too much or on the Internet or now the kids are doing it more. The parents are frustrated. So I think parents are having a tough time, a real tough time. Yeah. And, you know, for years I've always, you know, now granted my wife and I live a different um, marriage style than most people because we've been a 24 seven couple and I would never preach for people to live like this, but I always tell people from what I've seen through the years that the other extreme is the problem. You know, you know, people work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, both people working and you, and you got the whole family unit. They're never together. And and I've said this so many times. It's like, you can't connect if you're not together and people argue with me. They're like, well, my, you know, my dad worked 60 hours a week. And I'm like, how long ago was that? And they're like 20, 30 years ago. I'm like, there's a difference. 60 hours a week, 20 years ago is 80 hours a week now because of technology. You know, it ain't, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you, you know, when you came home, that was family time. But now when, when parents come home, there's the work wants them so much because of technology that they are on call 24 seven now. So a lot of times people, when I, when I try to talk about that, we're not spending enough time as a family unit together anymore. They're always like, um, but you know, not, they don't understand that it's, it's all the technology and everything combined into one. And then COVID happens. And now I'm sitting here seeing, you know, the <laughs> one plus that I've seen from people I've, that I've known personally, yeah, is they're like, I'm getting to know my family again. Yeah. And, and they're like, now, granted, there's some parts, like you said a while ago, they don't like what they're learning. But for the most part, they're like, I miss this. Yeah. And I I wonder, do you, do you think that when yeah. we finally come out of COVID, whether that's next year or 2022, whatever it is, whenever we come up with a sort of normal, do you think that people are going to remember these times and maybe work a little less and work on their family more? You know, I think they will. I think we're all thinking that a little bit. Well, I mean, we've learned new ways to to communicate, to Zoom with one another, to you know, to to Skype. We've learned how to to work from home. We've we've learned how to spend time with our kids. I mean, it's it's. I mean, there is something. I mean, my wife even remembers my name now. I mean, which is amazing <laughs> to me because I spent about two hundred nights on the road, and and uh, I, I tell you, I've I've loved it. I mean, I have. It's been a wonderful opportunity for me to spend time at home with my family. I, yeah. I live next door to my grandkids. I've got four grandkids. Oh, wow. and grandkids are a reward for not killing your own kids. And and so <laughs> I get to, I get to spend time with them. I get to go to games. I get to I do all that stuff. And so it, I think it does give you the opportunity to rethink some things. I think a lot of families, though, in the midst of it, find out that they are really coming up short. They don't know how to engage with their kids. They don't know how to carry on conversations. They, 
they don't understand technology and the connection. And so when they spend time with their kids, it's let's watch a movie together. Let's watch TV together. Let's watch yeah. another series on Netflix. Let's do all this stuff. And I go, you're not really spending time together. You're, you're, what you're doing is entertaining your child. And so there's families that know how to entertain and entertain well. And then there's other ones that are taking advantage of this time. But there's a, a segment of people that's accelerating that whatever small problems they had, mm -hmm. it's now becoming bigger problems. Oh, wow. and, and so I speak a lot to that. But I mean, I, I've heard a lot of good out of mm -hmm out of this thing. I mean, it, it, short of the losses that have happened in so many people's yeah. lives, but, but the, from a time schedule, I think it's kind of a reset, if you will, yeah. or a recalibration of priorities that go, maybe I need to spend more time at home because maybe mm -hmm. the problems my child is going through is because of me. And wow. if that's true, parents are learning, I need to put the phone down. I need to stop. I need to develop my own boundaries. I need to say no more often. I need to be more involved with my kids than I need to be involved with everybody else. And I and I so I think there's some good things that are coming out of it, definitely. And you know, people I know in commercial real estate are a little scared right now because mm -hmm. the employers, because you know, all these years, you know, yeah. they have fought this idea that that if you could do your work from home, that you would be a less committed employee. They, they have fought that. They've always said, nope, they've got to have this office. They've got to be there. they got to be watched over. But yeah. a lot of employers are learning. Oh, we're getting more out of our um, people now yeah. than we yeah. ever have. And yeah. so I believe over the next couple of years, you might see a shift to where all these um, businesses that have all these offices may say, you know what? We'll just have people come in rotate people coming yeah. in so we still got some people come in you know but we'll rotate them where half maybe can be at home this week and next week the other half or something so yeah. i think a lot of businesses will be shrinking and so i've got a lot of friends in commercial real estate they're a little nervous because if yeah. that does happen which i think would be a good thing because be because then even though you can't be a hundred percent with your family when you're working at home it's, you still got to do work but if you're there, you can still say, you know what? I've got to take these few minutes, go talk to my team. Because as you know, yeah, that's yeah. the issue. Yeah, you know, and I and I think that's happening. I, th I think a lot of people are rethinking a lot of stuff. I think churches, I mean, it's amazing to me, percent of people that, that uh, have gone home and watching online have said, you know, I kind of like this. And mm -hmm. I think it's going to change the way that people go to church. They'd rather sit around and watch it on on their computer or on TV, um, they'd rather show a church goer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'll still stream those things, and they're going. I like sitting in my pajamas, drinking coffee, you know, worshiping God. And so, I mean, so I think it's going to change, uh, you know, uh, or or help people rethink. The other thing that's yeah. coming out of this is that churches have become very creative in how to reach. Yeah. Which I think is 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 needed to happen for a long, long time. Of saying, what are some new ways that we talk to people? That how do we catch up a little bit on technology? How do we improve the things that we do so we can broadcast more? And I and so I think that's what we see happening. And and yeah. it's just a real time of rethinking and being creative and engaging differently. And so I think there's a great plus to that. Yeah.
<clears throat> so getting into your story a little bit, how did you get involved with teens? Well, I mean, tell us what led you there. Was it a God-inspired thing? I mean, what led there? You know, it may have been a God thing. I, you know, God has an amazing way with me. He never tells me his plans. I mean, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that if he'd tell me the plans, I'd screw it up in some way. But but my wife and I started dating in the ninth grade. And um, oh, wow. our first date was when this Christian band came through Tulsa, Oklahoma, a Christian band called Led Zeppelin. And and, uh, <laughs> and I say that jokingly, but it started there. And we went to concerts like crazy all of our high school years. We went off to different colleges. I swam at the University of Arkansas and she went to Baylor University. Then we came back after a year and said, OK, we're going to get married. And and oh, we wow. did after our sophomore year. But somebody came to me and said, why don't you uh, spend some time um, uh, thinking about leading a Young Life Club? And uh, Young Life is just an outreach to to kids. They have them all, all over the country and all over the world, really. And and so we said that we would lead that as two 19-year-olds saying, we'll help lead this club. And after about two oh, wow. weeks of, of spending time with kids, what happened was a man walked up to me and said, Hey, I'm struggling with my son. What do I do? And I said, I don't know. Let him come live with me. <laughs> and so this young man comes and lives with me. Uh, we're not married yet. And I mean, my wife and I. And and so I take him to school and pick him up. And, and, and then after a couple of months, he went back home and I met with the family. And then I spent more time meeting with another kid and another kid and another kid. And what happened was that wow. after we, and then after we got married, we've had people come up saying, my daughter is having a tough time. What do we do? Now, we were both in school at the time. She was in nursing school. Mm -hmm. I was in school, business school, uh, getting a degree in finance and real estate investments. And, and, and it was interesting to me that, that just over a period of time, I started saying, I, I really enjoy working with kids. And so a church approached me and said, work for us. And I said, I'll never work for a church. They came back and said, we'll pay for your schooling and let you go to law school if, um, oh, wow. if uh, you work for us. And so I did. So I was there seven years. Uh, I left that, went to Branson, Missouri, a place called Canicut Camp. It's a Christian camp. I was there for seven years where I was an area director for Young Life, and we continue to work for kids. But 30 years ago, left that, 30-plus years ago, really, left, came to wow. East Texas, back to Texas where I was born, and, and um, we started a program called Heartlight. So I live with 60 high school kids who come from all over the country. They're wonderful kids, but they're spinning out of control. Something's gone terribly wrong within their family. And and so as a result of that, we've now had over 3,000 kids live with us throughout the years. Um, and we work with them and work with their families and try to get them to a better spot where they can function together and, and be who God created their family to be and deal with the problems and the issues that arise. And so that's kind of it in a nutshell. If you add up all those years, you'd think I'm like 90 years mm. old, but, but I did a lot of things at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, but I, but I, I, well, I've always had a heart for kids. And so we built Heartlight and somebody yeah. says, it looks like it's a, that there's been a master plan. I mean, it's a beautiful place. And I go, you know, there's never been a master plan, but I think the master had a plan. And there was uh, a master plan. <laughs> that's right. But he never shared it with me. And I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty okay with just going, you know, whatever we're doing to meet the needs of people, whether it be podcast or broadcast or anything else, I'll do that. And, and uh, I just leave it up to him. And so 
Now I'm 65 years old. People are saying, when are you going to retire? And I'm going, retire? And do what? Do what? Bug my wife to death? I mean, mow grass? I mean, I no, I'm not, you know, I'm going to keep doing this kid thing for as long as I breathe. And and uh, and so I enjoy it. And I love, hang, I love hanging out with kids and spending time with them and helping their families. And, you know, we definitely get what you're coming from because it's like this whole show. If you'd have told me five years ago I would enjoy doing an interview show, I'd have laughed. We've been like, yeah. nope, never happened. But what's funny is, you know, Sandy and I, we've been married 18 years. And um, congratulations. congratulations. We just crossed it October 5th. And we and um, what's funny is we met. Um, back in 2002 online when it was taboo back then, of course, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we met online February 2nd of 02, talked on the phone for the first time, February 4th. We set a wedding date um, February 18th and met in person March 4th. So we were actually wow. meeting in person wow. to see who we were going to marry. We just knew God was part of that. We didn't know wow. why, but we just yeah. knew he was part of that. But through the years that we were married, I remember, um, and I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me 13 years, almost 13 years ago. And the whole first five years of our marriage was really hectic on my wife because of that. But God used her to heal me. Um, I have zero doubt in that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've um, been sober almost 13 years. But through the years, one thing I've learned is looking back is Sandy and I would be on the street. And we'd run into somebody and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about people that, you know, but strangers. And I'd end up in a conversation with them for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Anytime she knew we got about two minutes in, she would know we're here for 60 minutes. She just knew that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and she'd roll her eyes sometimes. She'd get mad. And I've done this thousands and thousands of times. And we laugh now because we look back and we're like, okay, that was God preparing us to talk yeah, to yeah. all these people. Because since January, you are now our 200 and I think 68 guests. Wow. Wow. I had no idea that was good. And again, if you'd have told me we was going to do this, this five, even five years ago, I would, like you said, I'd have probably screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I think uh, sometimes, I mean, we think about that where scripture says that God you know, that man plans his steps, but God directs his path. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our steps have been that we just want to meet the needs of families and kids. And so we just leave it at that. And, and I, and I'm, I'm leaving it up to God to direct our path. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is his deal. And I mean, it, God, I mean, Heartlight's a beautiful facility, the, the craziness of, of recording all the time and, and uh, spending a couple of hundred nights, as I said, speaking around the country, it's, uh, it's all up to him. And so whether we do it, whether we don't do it, uh, you know, it's, I think my intent is to make sure that I'm speaking the truth and giving people very practical examples and thoughts and ideas about how to engage with their kids differently mm -hmm. so we can counter the effects that this culture is having on our, on our families. And, and, uh, yeah. and I think it's causing a, a, a thing for family. I, I think it's causing kids to struggle. I think it's causing the opportunity for families to struggle. And, and, uh, and so I feel, I feel very much used in the midst of all of it. And, and, um, 
uh, as I said, where some people are thinking about retiring and quitting, I go, there's a part of me that says uh, we're just getting started and uh, uh, in, in helping more and more families. So we're taking advantage of it. Now, Sandy and I, we've got an eight-year-old, which you'll hear from him in a, in a little bit, because we always have him ask one question to each guest, because we are a family affair show. And, yeah. and we've got a 20-month-old daughter. How do parents like us in this day and time, when you don't even know where the future's going, how do parents yeah. like us who have young ones start to prepare for one day to have teenagers? You know what? I, I, you know, one of the things I would tell you, pour your life into your child. I mean, there's there's no doubt we get so busy that that sometimes we forget to pour our life into them. And, but but when they get to be 11 or 12 years old, I, let me remind you this. And th this is the only time that I ever tell anybody that they're wrong, uh, mm -hmm. because I, I, if it's not working at home, it's not it's probably not because somebody's doing something wrong. It's just not. It's just not happening the way that they anticipated it or they need to kind yeah. of change their style. But your child will change at 11 or 12 and move from concrete thinking to abstract thinking. They'll shift in the way that they view social relationships. They'll see you as being completely different. They think more futuristic than just day to day. They, they, I mean, they're exposed to more and more at, at, at some point. They get influenced by other people. They start, I mean, hormones start raging. And if you continue to use the same parenting styles that you did during their preteen years and you use them during the teen years, and this is where I tell people, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. The tendency is to say, let's, let, you know, I, I'm doing a great job and my parents are giving me, uh, I mean, my kids are giving me coffee mugs and T-shirts to say world's greatest mom, <laughs> world's greatest dad. And so we get this idea that I'm really doing it and I'm doing it well. But if you don't shift your style and start engaging differently and instead of using a teaching model and you don't move into a training model, then you will fail. I mean, you can either raise your kids to live in a zoo or you can prepare them to survive in the jungle. And somewhere along the line, your child wants to be prepared for the world that they're going to be living in, not the world that we think they need to live in. Our yeah. kids know the world they live in. And it's the, and it's the world that you and I have said this. I'm glad that I don't have to grow up in today's culture. Every one of us mm -hmm. has said it. The influence yep. is great. And so our kids do. And so it means it's got to change the way that I engage with, with my kids to provide a place of rest, a place of respite, a place of retreat, a home that is calm and easy, that doesn't add to their anxiety or get them depressed. It means I start shifting my, my uh, communication styles from, from just lecturing all the time to more about discussion. I quit talking as much. Scripture says that a, that a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut. And I and it's just going, we got to start doing this and then use our ears just a little bit more so our kids yeah. know that we're listening to them, valuing them and helping them. And because they're not getting that from their own relationships. Uh, I mean, maturity comes from the development of relationships. And just as iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen the other. And if that's true, then what's happening is our kids aren't being sharpened. And that's why the American Medical Association has increased the age of adolescence to age 27. And the American Journal of Adolescent wow. Psychiatry has increased it to age 26. And so it, it, it's the lack, of, the lack of relationships in the life of our kids because of the way they communicate and how they do this, how they, how they use this all the time. It has mm -hmm. hampered the development of, of normal uh, 
much needed relationships. And so our kids are coming on kind of the, the short end of the stick and we've got to be spending time making sure that we're engaged with them and helping them get to that place, truly get to that place where, where they're listening to us, they're seeking us for wisdom, not more information, but engaging with us and moving toward us as we continually move toward them. And of course it's compounding this year because of COVID. Sure it is. Sure it is. And I, and I think we'd run out of things to say. I mean, I, I, you know, it's <clears throat> so we talk more. I mean, women have this amazing desire to want to talk and talk and talk. And, uh, and it's I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. Then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I told you. And <laughs> the difference is, is that is that kids are being bombarded with so much information. When you and I grew up, information doubled every 13 years. Now it's mm -hmm. doubling. The amount of codified information is doubling every hour and a half. Next year will be instantaneous. Wow. And so if that's true, they're bombarded with information wherever they are. And so if all we are, are sources of information, they don't need us anymore. They're just going, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for wisdom. And wisdom's mm -hmm. got to come from a parent or a grandparent that knows how to shift their focus to help a child and train them up in the way that they should go so that they get to a better place, to a good place. And I become an ally yeah. with my teen rather than an enemy that's keeping them from growing up. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your radio program. How is that going and how has that changed because of COVID? Well, the radio program's gone well. I mean, we... We kicked it off 15 years ago, and the idea was let's just help more families. And radio hot at the time, and and uh, and so uh, we went to a lot of different radio stations around the country. And within two weeks, about a thousand stations picked it up and said wow. we'd love to carry the program. And and uh, it's called just Parenting Today's Teens. That same thing as our podcast. And 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 mm -hmm. so realizing that that radio is kind of aging a little bit. And our target market has always been a 42-year-old woman that makes decisions for her family and calls and gets resources. It is now a little bit older than that, and they're becoming grandparents. We decided to say, okay, let's, let's let radio run its course, and we'll continue to be on radio. At the same time, let's change up the yeah. way we do podcasts. And so <clears throat> we used to record at Moody Radio up in Chicago, and then we recorded in Nashville at Michael Card studio for a number of years. And now we have our own studio here at Heartlight in Longview, Texas. And so we get to spend a lot of time, I think, um, truly just a lot of time uh, uh, saying, what are the needs of these families? How can we engage with them differently? And, and I, you know, yeah. it's been amazing to see the response that, that all these, that all these people have had. Wow. I'm going to shut a door here. Hold on just a second. Just a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. We have one. of. We're so busy. We have one of these Roombas that, uh, uh, that roll around on our kitchen floor to mm -hmm. vacuum everything because we don't have the time to do oh. it. And uh, which is, which is kind of, ridiculous. And, and so um, I don't know how to turn it off and I can operate just about anything else, but I really don't That's know how funny. to turn it off. And, and so anyway, you know, you're talking about COVID really made y'all get busier. That same thing happened to us. You know, when we launched our show back in January, January 3rd, yeah. and our original plan was 
to interview only artists and to be um, an interview maybe a hundred people. That was kind of the plan, a hundred people the first year. I thought, yeah. you know, if we did a hundred interviews first year, I don't know too many hosts that can actually say they it, they started a show from scratch and interviewed a hundred people their first year. And then yeah. COVID happens. And I told Sanders, like, you know what? This could be our silver lining. This could be our year to shine. What? Because everybody's going to need a place to talk with. Everything's shutting down, all that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to give them that. And because of that, we're at almost 270 interviews, and we will reach three our 300 interview probably around December 1st or so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's it's given us time to really think, okay, if I can't be on the road speaking, then how do I get the message mm-hmm. out there? So a podcast is one way to do it. We started a, yeah. a YouTube uh, story. It's called Heartlight Stories, which really describes a lot of the things that we do with kids and and how we do it. But it also kind of showcases the the place here. We we upgraded an app. We rebuilt all of our websites. We started building a couple of buildings. I mean, we reprinted all of our materials. We we've taken advantage. You know, it's. It's been a reset and it's been, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, that recalibration that we've looked at it, that that even though it's it's been hard and difficult in a lot of places, we're kind of out in the country. It doesn't really affect us that much. And, uh, yeah. and we're kind of a closed community. And so, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, you're given lemons, make lemonade. And that's what we've done. Okay. And, uh, and now we see people taking advantage of much like, much like they have with, uh, you know, with your podcast, Chris, I mean, it, I think people are looking for something that's interesting, something that can help them, something that pacifies mm-hmm. their time that is somewhat entertaining, but but has something that gives them um, some direction and guidance in yeah. life. And and so it's wonderful what you guys are doing. Absolutely wonderful. Well, we definitely appreciate that. <laughs> what would you say is the most common question parents ask you about teens? Is there is there one? You know, I you know I I there, kids are parents are always asking about electronics. How do we do that? Um, they're always asking about what about cutting? Uh, our kids are cutting. They're depressed. They're anxious and and that. So I mean, there, there's a group of people out there that that I deal with that are more about um, you know just the normal everyday parenting issues. Uh, the kids that live with us, half of them would tell you they would not be alive had they not come to live with us. And wow. and so those type of issues and difficulties, I mean, there's been suicide attempts or they're spinning out of control or drug experimentation or or whatever that is. I mean, I think they struggle a lot. And and so it's it's made one side of my world. We deal with more intense stuff. The other side is that we've learned a lot of things to deal with kids. And so we share those with parents in the normalcy of, of just everyday living. But it's amazing to me how, how many parents want to know about le- electronics, about pornography and the fact that it's having on kids and, and why our girls are sending nude pictures of themselves to boyfriends and guys are sending wow. pictures of things my wife would never want a picture of. And I mean, it's just weird mm-hmm. to me that that it's it's screaming that kids want to be connected with one another yeah. because God made them that way. God made yeah. them to be relational. And so they've had everything, every relational part of their life taken away from them. I mean, it's I mean, I mean, I, I know here in Texas, they're thinking about calling off schools between, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And yeah. 
here we go again. We're going to shut down wow. again. And, and I'm okay with that because I get to stay at home and, and enjoy the time. But I think kids yeah. are realizing they hate it because they're mm -hmm. being taken away from their friends. And that's wow. really important. So I think parents kind of, you know, it's the relational aspect of things. How do I develop a deeper relationship with my child? And I tell parents, if you have a discipline problem, you've got a relationship problem. And so the thing to work on is your relationship more than anything else. Now, what are some signs or red flags, so to speak, where if a parent has a team to where it's not just a book that can help them, but they're over yeah. their head? Yeah. You know, when I, I think it's, you know, the time to say I need some outside help outside of what mom and dad can do, because, I mean, you can read my books and it'll help you get to the point where you have to send a child to come live with us. But mm -hmm. just one book is not going to keep that from happening or one podcast or one radio broadcast. And but I think when you start to see your child hate the things they used to love and love the things they used to hate when they're when it becomes dark, they're anxious, they're depressed, their their friends change, their world change. They they begin to hate God or they hate anything that you love as a parent because they're wanting to take control. They start to make stupid decisions. They're self-medicating in some way. Their world becomes dark. Uh, they sleep when they used to be awake and they're awake when they used to be asleep. You know, and they're venturing into places and and making comments that are out of line. And I mean, all of those are signs that something is changing. There's a storm brewing, and dad have start to be in, have got to start to be engaged in a different way, or your child will be consumed by that storm. And and so I think it's looking for those little you know um, things that are happening that you go, okay, if this is happening. We need to get help. And that may be an initial discussion. Hey, we got a problem. We got to do something different. It may be that I think you need to go to a counselor. It may be, hey, you're self-medicating. Maybe we can get you to a doc that can give you some medication to keep you from doing that. You know, if you have a child that's out drinking all the time and they're drunk most of the time and going to school, then you've got to be saying there's something that's not right. And you can control the behavior. But behavior is the visible expression of the invisible issues. You can stop somebody from drinking, put duct tape over their mouth, but that doesn't solve the problem. And it's so you've got to get to, it is, you've got to get to the root of the issues, which is the heart issue and deal with those things. And so I tell people all the time, look at your relationship, try to figure out how it's going with somebody, develop rules and consequences that say, hey, hey, we're just asking you to do five things and if you do these five things, I think we'll get along fine. And if you do those five things, we'll do these five things for you. And you spend time dealing with the issues. Then you have more of a balanced family that says, okay, we, we have structure, which every kid wants. We're working on our relationship, which every kid wants. And you're dealing with the, the true issues, not just managing behavior so that those, the, so that those issues aren't carried on to the next stage of life that if left unresolved, they're only going to affect more people and cause more damage at a later time. Well, yeah. So where do you see parenting going in the future? Because, you know, again, when I look back just even five years ago, so much has changed in our society from five years ago to now. What do you see in the next five, 10 years of, of issues that could be the big, big issues 
coming up that down the road that parents can kind of start to look out for for the future because again that's the hardest part is where is technology going well i you know i i think our kids have been bombarded with things that we never knew i mean 4.3 million porn sites whoever thought that was going to happen wow. I mean, whoever thought that that our kids would would have the gender identity issues that have been so publicized? Who who thought that kids were were going to be really feel a sense of judgmentalism the moment somebody said the word black or white or Asian or or something else? I mean, I think that's confusing for kids. Who would ever think that the mm -hmm. political divisiveness of a country would affect a, a child? But it does. I mean, because it, it, mm -hmm. it makes them lose heart. I mean, it, it's it's funny to watch young kids and how they interpret the news. I, and I think what it means is, and I think parents are getting a taste of it, parents are going to have to be more involved in the life of their kids yeah. and not just resolving issues. I mean, just not fixing everything, just not... Yeah having the presence of time and making sure they say grace before they eat a meal. But I mean, intentionally involved and, and embracing the child and understanding them to help them through a time that, that these kids need them the most. I mean, I, I mean, and why somebody would say, well, where do you get that? Well, look at the, look at the fact that, that suicide among 15 year old girls is at a 75 year high that wow. the second largest group of suicide, second largest group is 15 year old boys, that 52% of kids can be diagnosed by the DSM-5, which is a diagnostic and statistics manual that's used by psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors to, to kind of figure out and to diagnose a child. 52% can be diagnosed with a mental illness of some sort. And I go, so parents have got to be involved. And I think grandparents have got to be involved as well. Instead of thinking, well, I'm going to jump in an RV and drive to Arizona and play shuffleboard the rest of my life. Perhaps God would want to use you in the life of your grandchild. The scripture says that the, that the glory of old men is gray hair. So take uh -huh. advantage of it. Take advantage of it and pour your life and your wisdom into a grandchild. You know, so it's this pouring in because they're not getting the wisdom from the traditional ways that they used to, because kids don't yeah. look at those people the way they used to, the way that you and I probably looked at those older people in our lives that were sharing wisdom with us. And so I think I, I think it, it, it the culture is is shifting in such a way that there's a great need for parents to be involved in the life of their child. And they're getting a taste of what that's going to look like by the amount of time they're spending in this pandemic. And I think many parents think I'm coming up short, I'll be able to entertain them for two hours a day. But when I have to do it for eight hours a day, I'm running out of resources. And so that's where we come in and just helping families kind of figure out, OK, how do you do this? How do you get to and a better you know, spot? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you see people say, why are kids so much acting out and bully each other and all that. And I'm like, have you seen the adults on Facebook? Yeah. You know, yeah. kids learn from what they see. Yeah. You know, you, you can tell them all day you, you want that, you know, not to bully. But if you're on Facebook bullying someone just because they have different beliefs than you, they're yeah. going to go bully people too. Well, exactly. It's monkey see, monkey do. I mean, the, the, the fruit doesn't fall that far free. I mean, there's a million different comments. I mean, I, most parents don't realize that that their example 
is probably, it speaks louder than anyone can ever say. Your kids are watching you, mom and dad. They're watching you, all you grandparents. I mean, they they are they are watching you because they want to know if the things that you believe and those principles that you've embraced in your life are really true. Because it's it's not what you say, it's what you do. It's I mean, it's it's not your words, it's your actions. And actions speak louder than words. I mean, I mean, it's everywhere. We all know that. There isn't a proverb in any. Uh, you know, in any country around that doesn't say the same thing. Sometimes it's, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking too loud. Your actions matter. And, and it is a, it is a, uh, a magnifying glass that is bringing to life the seeds that you've sown into the life of your child. And those are values and principles and scriptural bases and mm-hmm. all those things. They're looking at you saying, is this genuine? Is this authentic? Because they live in a world of appearance and performance and what I would yeah. call comparative theology, where it's everybody's got something better. Everybody's on vacation, but me, everybody's doing things, has better things. I mean, it's, so it's always, you know, this, this, this low position that kids feel like they have. And somewhere mom and dad have got to instill a perspective that's far greater than just an opinion to engage a child and help them look to the future and embrace a great sense of hope. I love that. And hopefully Sandy's listening and we'll send little Chris in because now's the time (laughs) to get his, since we're talking about family and all that, you know, that's one thing that we love about our show is that um, we can have our kids interact with us. Because again, you know, I believe one of the biggest things that a parent can do with their kids is to be, take them to work. I mean, I know not every parent can do that, but if there's a way to implement your kid into what you do, then your kid will have so much more respect when you are at the job so that they can say, oh, mommy and daddy, they're doing something special. Yeah. Because I think sometimes kids think, well, whoop de doo you're at work, you know, <laughs> you know, but I think that if and they don't feel included and I always wanted to create a, an environment where our kids will be included. And again, the best way is to be self-employed, of course. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? yeah. And so I've always said, you know what, we just got to do it. We've got to find a way to be self-employed. And, you know, I said when we launched a show, they're going to be included. And that's why we created the whole media name called Family Affair Media, because we are a family affair show. And yeah. let me see if, yeah. yep, here he comes. <laughs> oh, cool. Hi, Mark. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good, good. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? You know, it would probably be fish. I just love eating fish. I mean, all kinds of fish, salmon, halibut. Um, I cook fish a lot of different ways, and and uh, but I love fish. What about you, your favorite food? Pizza. Are you eating some pizza right now? No. No. There you go. Well, that's the last night, though. There you go. Yeah. I, you know, when you get a little bit older, you can't eat all that stuff that you want to eat. And, uh, and so you have to start eating something a little bit different. So, but I sneak in ice cream almost (laughs) every day. And so, good thing for me. I like, I, I like the ice cream a lot better than the fish, but the fish is better for me. How's that? Bye, Jane. Okay, see ya. 
<laughs> yeah, our twenty-month-old daughter. It's funny. All my fr- all of our friends, they're they've got kids leaving the house, going to college, yeah. and yeah. we're just kind of getting started. So, <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Now, what did you do before this? <clears throat> well, I've always been in marketing and all that. And we've done, you know, I, I ran a site called the Coastal Buzz for several years. Yeah. Um, just different things in marketing and and you know, in the eighteen years of our marriage, it's funny. You know, we have probably launched uh, over a hundred business ideas that all failed, but they lasted long enough to keep us afloat these years. So it's like we do this, that don't work, do this, that don't work. Because, again, I don't want to, you know, and and we do odds and ends like, you know, in the evening to keep our, you know, to keep our family afloat. We deliver food and stuff like that. So we we do things right now so that we can stay afloat while we build our brand. Yeah. Um, so it's been like a grind and then in the evening, another grind. And it's like, sometimes we're like, is it ever going to break through? But, you know, but we think we're finally getting there. I mean, we've got some big people coming on the show now. In fact, Monday, we've got the um, Lee Bryce, who's one of the big country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming, oh, cool. yeah. He's coming on our show Monday. We've had <laughs> Randy Travis on. You know, we've had a lot of big people come on. So we're just building this brand and hoping that one day, the Chris and Sandy show can be up there with like your Bobby Bones show and your Ty Bentley yeah. shows. Oh, well, cool. Cool. Uh, that sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> so if there, if you want to promote any book or anything right now, now would be a great time too. You know, I, I, I think I tell people all the time, I don't, I don't benefit from the sale of my books and I purposely, cause I don't want to sell things to people, but I tell people all the time, if, if, uh, if you need help and you're struggling and you, and, uh, and you just don't know what to do and, and you're kind of lost a little bit, then check us out. It's just go to parentingtodaysteens.org or just look up my name, Mark Gregston, and it'll take you to any of those sites. And <laughs> and um, and if you're really struggling with your teen and, and there's something there that you need to you know, place your child somewhere, you're looking for something, then we have a program called Heartlight. It's named after one of Kenny Loggins' songs, and he gave his oh, permission wow. to use it. But uh, it's called Heartlight. It's heartlightministries.org. But just just type in my name, and you can find it, and it'll lead you to us. And and we try to help families and parents and grandparents in any way we can, so that so that parents and grandparents can be the the be the people that their kids need during the time that they need them the most. I definitely love that. Not our little our comes our. Sandy and our little one. Yes, we thought we'd pop in to say hi. <laughs> oh, well, cool. This is Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin, how are you? Hey, hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> well, how sweet. How sweet. <laughs> Sandy, it's good to meet you as well. And so, oh, nice to meet you also. I've been listening. I've been watching the whole time. Oh, well, good. So, see what you guys are doing. Well, we appreciate it. Appreciate it. And you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. Yes. You bet. Hey, well, thanks, man. It's good to be here. And hopefully we'll get to meet sometime. If you ever make it to Nashville, I'm there almost once a month. And so would uh, love to meet you, grab coffee or have dinner or something. Sounds like a plan. Yes. Okay. We'll we'll definitely do that. All All right. right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.